0: Hi, this is Marissa Meyer, and this is Delaney, and this is Sloan, and you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Yep.
1: Hello, welcome to episode... Uh, what episode are we on?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Shouldn't you know that? You <laughs>
1: should, but I started recording out of order because life is Bessie, welcome to one, (laughs) I'm not even going to edit that out, welcome to episode 160 of the Prince Kai Sam Pod, I am your host Bethany Finger, today, uh... no, (laughs) (laughs) you guys, I'm back from hiatus and I don't know how to do my job. (laughs) Welcome back after our winter hiatus. This is episode 160 of the Prince Kai Tham Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, the Thanny Finger, and I did it! Yay! Yay!
0: (laughs) Oh, phew. Okay. You can introduce yourself. I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Leah Stuhler, host of YA Book Chat Podcast, huge Marissa Meyer fan, friend of Bethany and I am excited to be here again. Yay! Because I love w- winter. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. I can't believe how hard that was. How do I how have I done this for almost four years?
0: Oof. Oh my gosh. It's crazy, right? right? Some nights it just doesn't work.
1: Oh, you know what it is is my brain is completely incapable of thinking anymore. I'm just fried.
0: Oh, um, as I'm we were sad. briefly
1: discussing before we started recording, all I do is write now. And my brain literally cannot focus on anything else. Like, even when I'm at my job, I'm constantly, like, scribbling things on pieces of paper or taking notes on my phone. Like, to the point where the other day I was, like, oh. And I, like, stopped and I texted myself really, really fast. And my boss – nobody at my work cares about cell phones, by the way. It's very strange, but I'm getting used to it. My boss okay. was, like, did you just have an idea? And I was, like, yeah. And she was, like, cool. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Okay. I'm, but we were talking about it because I'm struggling to read, um, even though our friend finally wrote the third book of her series, Epsilon. Uh, Yay. The Apex series by M.T. Zemni. Very exciting.
0: It is. I just ordered mine. I hadn't ordered it yet because I had... Bought some other things. Plus, life over here was insane. So, but I just ordered it, and I'm excited. She told me she's like, "Your copy is on your way to you. It's coming." So, Yay. I'm excited to get it. I pre-ordered it because
1: I wanted those little cute printouts she had. Oh yeah, but she might have had extra. Maybe you'll get one anyways.
0: So it's very possible she might do that. We shall see. We shall see. You never and know.
1: I never know anything anymore, but I like to pretend I do. I will say I did finish a book because I had, I had no other choice, you guys, and you'll understand when I explain. Okay. Somehow, do not ask me how I do not know. Somehow, I got an e arc of the new Ali Hazelwood book. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm obsessed with her. I love her now. She's like second only to Marissa. Um, I've, not,
0: I've not read any of her stuff. Should well, as I?
1: soon as we're done. <laughs> okay. Her audio books are actually quite lovely. Okay. Um, but I got an early copy of it. And because I'm me, I like couldn't do anything but read it. And even though I'm writing. Um, but the thing is. We were like completely empty at work on Friday and Saturday, and my boss doesn't care. So I just kind of read at work. Nice. So nice. and and as long as I like write a review, there's not a big deal about it, I guess. Which is it's still a new experience for me, guys. Very so cool. yeah, I'm just super excited. I basically read the entire book in a day and a half, and it was amazing.
0: Oh, um, I love that.
1: Yeah. But that's what I'm reading right now. What are what are you reading? Tell us
0: about what you're reading and what's going on the podcast. Okay, so let me see. I just finished reading Shadow of the Fox by Julie Kagawa. I probably just butchered her last name. I'm sorry. Um and so I'm getting ready to record that episode in a couple of weeks. And then I am currently in the middle of two books. I am listening to the audiobook of it's the second book in the Beautiful Creatures series. Um I read the first book and actually recently recorded an episode on that. So that'll be coming up soon. And then, so I'm listening to the second book on audiobook. And then I am also reading, I'm reading like, you know, paperback book. I'm reading an arc of a book called Whistleblower by Kate Marchant. And it comes out in March. So that was actually kind of funny because the publisher, it's a um It's a Wattpad book. It's being published by Wattpad. And the publisher emailed me and was like, hey, would you be interested in reading this book and having the author on your podcast for an interview? And then, you know, she's like, and we can send you a physical copy of an ARC if you want. And I was like, you know, I think I actually already have an ARC and because I turned out I had gotten one at y'all fest when i went to y'all fest in november they had them wow. so it That's was so, so cool yeah so i had picked it up and so i was like oh i already have that so it worked out really nicely so yeah so i'm reading that it's really good too i like it it's about a girl it's actually um She's in college, so there, it's a little bit older than a typical YA, but she's in college, and she writes for her college newspaper, and she has kind of discovered something about the school's football coach, and she wants to write an article exposing him, but there's a lot of opposition to it, so it's good, though.
1: That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We have it. Well, I haven't recorded an episode since um, November.
0: It's been a while.
1: Right? So I feel like yeah. I should talk about what I read in that interim Yeah, Yeah. Um, but I have to go to my Goodreads because I'm not actually sure what I read in that interim. <laughs> I know I read the Loathe to Love You series, uh, series, like novella collection by um, Allie Hazelwood. Uh, what else did I read in that time frame? I read, I re- I finished my reread of the Crave series by Tracey Wolfe. The new book comes out in May, and I'm very impatient. I keep checking NetGalley to see if it's going to be on there <laughs> or not. You never know.
2: <laughs> I read Along
1: Came Holly by Cody Hall, which was okay. It was one of those like Christmas rom com things, a mm-hmm. little predictable, but you know the thing is those are always predictable.
0: Right.
1: But there are some that do it better than others, if that makes sense. And this yeah, one is it just a little short of doing it better than others.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I read Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood because that's all I do now is read Allie Hazelwood. I guess um, so. I read <laughs> Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. I read the first Red Queen by Victoria Aviard, but now I'm on <sighs> the wait list to get the other ones.
0: Oh, but I knew you were gonna be excited
1: about that one, but I didn't want to message you until I finished the
0: whole thing. Okay, well, what did you think of the first one though?
1: I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I like to like it. it more
0: than I did. I
2: Aww. wanted to like it
1: more than I did. I would say okay. I would say it's like, you know, if, if Marissa and Cruel Prince and all of those are like five out of five, this one is like a three and a half to four. Okay. All right. It's still good, but I'm not like obsessively looking for fan art and quotes on Pinterest.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. So it's very high fantasy. So it's different than a typical fantasy because it's more like Lord of the Rings type fantasy. There's a lot that happens. So yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you're not, you know, into that kind of you know, high fantasy, then you're not going to enjoy it as much as a regular, you know, simpler fantasy kind of, which is fine. So
1: can you hear that? Yes. Yeah, that's right over my house. (laughs) <laughs> and that's one of the quiet ones.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: So just imagine that, like, every minute and a half the whole day. That's why I was like, there's no way we can record. I can I can mute myself every once in a while for an hour, but, like, there's no way we can record with this going on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't mind high fantasy. My first, ex- like, experience with high fae was the cruel prince. Okay. And, uh, um, Acatar. And the thing is, I don't mind those books. Cruel Prince was, um, I'm sorry, no shade to anybody, but like Holly Black is just an infinitely better author, I think, than than Sarah J. Mass. I think by the end of Akatar, her writing improved a great deal. But um, Mm -hmm. Holly Black already had a pretty good handle on her voices and her characters from the beginning of Cruel Prince. I also felt like Akatar was a little like we get it, they're fairies. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well somebody just descri- I mean somebody I haven't read the Sarah J Mass, but the way that those books were just described to me mm-hmm. was um fairy porn so <laughs> I was I mean to me that sounds like there's not as much storyline as there is sexy time in it <laughs> but I don't know you tell me I haven't read them
1: so, the thing is, I don't necessarily mind when there's, like, adult content.
2: Right.
1: Being. I usually skip it. Like, I, I just said how much I love Allie Hazelwood, and she always has at least one chapter of adult content. I just skip <laughs> it. But but I I feel like if it's there, it needs to be productive to the story. It needs to have, like, a buildup. And then it's, like, this is the culmination of their relationship. And then, like, they, they... You know, it happens and then there's the story right. goes on. Um, I don't personally need it repeated several times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't necessarily need a lot of like thought in that chapter because I'm going to skip that chapter. So she can't be right. having any revelations in the middle of it. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I think the only thing I would say about akatar because I did enjoy it. I would say it's like a four out of five. Okay. I did enjoy it. But my thing was like I remember somebody had told me, like, oh, it's as good as The Cruel Prince. And so I think I think I was set I think the series was set up for failure because of that. Because if somebody hadn't compared it to The Cruel Prince, I might not have put it on that level. But because right. I walked into the reading experience expecting it to be that well written.
2: Mm-hmm. I was like
1: immediately disappointed. I do think that her writing grew by the end of the series. I think she really found her voice. I think she was a lot less repetitive. But for me as a reader, it just there was something that just didn't land right. I I didn't mind it, but here's the thing. When I finish a book that I love, It's all I think about. It's all I talk about. I make a Pinterest board. I'm obsessed with fan art. I look up quotes and fan fiction like I am in that (laughs) world. I make a podcast about it.
0: Yep. (laughs) Same.
1: So, So I didn't feel that way finishing the book. I finished it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't mind that I spent 18 hours on it, but it's whatever. But when I finished Cruel Prince, I was like, God, I want to read it again. Where were all those really good parts? Let me just like flip through and read the good parts. Where's all the fan art of this? Oh, my God. There's another story about Carden. Let's go. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think it was was set up for failure. Someone told me it was like Cruel Prince and it
0: never stood a chance. No, it's hard when it gets compared to, it's hard when a book gets compared to a different one. Because then you have that expectation Then if it doesn't live up to it, it's like, oh, well, that stinks. So. Yeah,
1: I think so. <laughs> I get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Makes sense. Speaking of, I very much enjoyed your Queen of Nothing episode. I just finished it yesterday. Thank you. We had a lot of fun doing that one and talking about Cardin and his nakedness and all of his funny quotes and all the things. <laughs> I know. I just I
1: just ordered, ordered, requested on Libby, the king of
0: Elthame. So um
1: I'm excited I, to I read have that. that. I have that, so it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited yeah. for it. Um, what else is going on? We took such a long hiatus. I don't know what to tell people. Um, I, I found out today I'm getting my uh, – I'm having a renewal ceremony for my 10-year wedding anniversary. That's cool.
0: We're doing, like, Aww, one of those bow things. Um, Aww, found cool. that out this morning. Wait, like, was that his idea?
1: Yeah. Isn't that Aww. cute? That is um,
0: cute. Yeah, we're actually did...
1: planning a, a trip. So when we got married, we were young and broke, and he was like five <laughs> minutes into the military. Which I don't know if you guys know this, but when you first join the military, you make like seven hundred dollars a month. It's nothing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's not a whole lot going on financially. Um, so when we first got married, we didn't have a honeymoon. We like got we bought ourselves an air mattress and a microwave <laughs> 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 with our honey with our wedding money. So this is, uh, we've been saving up, and so now we're going to do our honeymoon for our 10-year wedding anniversary. We're going to go, we're going to take a nice long uh, road trip, and we're going to go up the Pacific Northwest coast and have some fun in Oregon and Washington and then head back down. Quentin mentioned this morning, he's like, I uh, I have a question, but you can't be, like, upset that I'm asking. And I was like, I what? Okay. <laughs> And uh, he's like, does your wedding dress still fit? And I was like, I don't know, probably.
0: Uh, now I understand why he said
2: that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then like an hour later, he texted me and he was like, if it doesn't still fit, we can buy you a new one. And I was like, why would I need a new wedding dress? We got like. <laughs> right. Um, we already got married. Yeah. So he wants to do, he saw it on one of the TV shows he watched and he said it looks oh, like fun. God. So. Aww. Um, Yeah, it's going to be
0: like me and him and my sisters, but it'll still be nice. Now, see, I have suggested this to my husband. I was like... We have our like 20th wedding anniversary. We should do a vow renewal ceremony. You don't. He was like, I don't think so. That's dumb. I'm not (laughs) sure of that. (laughs) Not cool, husband. Not cool. He's he's just not that type of person. It's totally fine.
1: (laughs) And then Quentin is over here, like,
0: let's do it again.
1: You know what Uh it is? I think Mm. when Quentin and I first got together, welcome back to Marriage Podcast. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> when Quentin and I first got together, he was extremely stoic and taciturn, mm-hmm. to the point where, like, when we got married, a lot of people were surprised because they were like, "Oh, I didn't know that he like cared about you at all." Oh. And uh, over the years, he's kind of, I don't know, mellowed out, I guess, and. So I think that part of him wants like a do-over since the first time we got married, it was like, oh, we just have to do this to, I want to be married, but the only way to do it is to go through this ceremony. So we're just going to go to the courthouse real quick. And I think this time he wants to like actually enjoy the experience of it. I don't know. He even talked about writing his own vows. I was like, what? To be fair, he said he was going to make his vows like just a bunch of Taylor Swift quotes, and I was like, "I'm fine oh, with that." Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, "I'm fine with that."
0: You should text Ruth. He, I mean, he really, you really are made for each other, you know. That's
1: <laughs> so Speaking yeah, I'm, of, I'm looking forward to that.
0: No, that's really exciting. I love that. Speaking of. I- Taylor, I am really excited because I get to go to her concert. And I cannot wait. I am so like jittery right now are you excited i am really excited and y'all okay listen i'm taking my nine year old okay he and i my nine year old who is also like obsessed with taylor swift he and i are gonna go to this concert and we are gonna rock it we are gonna wear matching t-shirts i tried so desperately i was like buddy i got a great idea what if on your shirt it says, Taylor, you belong with me? Because how cute would that be? This cute little nine-year-old kid walking around with a shirt that says, Taylor, you belong with me because, you know, it. the stuff. And so, but he won't do it. He's too embarrassed. So I went through a whole bunch of different things, and then finally we settled on, our shirts are going to say, it feels like the perfect night.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I love it.
0: So, I want to make like, so. one
1: of those um, – the, the Jewel t-shirts from the You Belong With Me videos, but I want to make, um, instead of writing, like, friends' names or albums, I thought about writing, like, my favorite song from each album. Oh, that's a good idea. But Natalie and Ruth are coming here to Las Vegas to go with me to the concert, and we're going twice because somehow between Ruth, Natalie, and my husband, they got tickets for two shows for all three of us. So huh. – <laughs> Hey, th- there's I've never never seen that. Bracelet. It's been like a dream to go to one of her concerts. My whole like... And now you get to She go became twice. a singer. And now I get to go twice. So I don't know. We might end up wearing like mashing t-shirts. I've also heard some you people... Should. Like some Swifties are going to make like just hundreds of friendship bracelets and trade them with other Swifties at this show. So I kind of want to do that.
0: Oh, that's fun. Right? So, so yeah, I actually that's- saw her in concert when she first started but like nobody knew who she was yeah. so we went to we went to see Rascal Flatts in concert and she yes. opened for Rascal Flatts she was like 16 and nobody knew who she was but I remember watching her and listening to her and being like oh I really like her a lot she's really cool and she was so much fun and then Rascal Flatts came out and we were like uh they kind of stuck. <laughs> in concert sorry to all of you rascal flats fans like i like rascal flats but in concert it was boring so but she you know but she was super fun so i remember you know getting to see her then when she first started but haven't gotten to see her you know since she had switched over to pop and everything so it's gonna be so much fun
1: isn't it crazy how sometimes the headliner like just isn't they just don't have it we saw They had one of those USO tours, and we saw Sick Puppies 303 and the guy from Fuel, who was the lead singer. He has like his own band now. He was the Mm -hmm. headliner. Sick Puppies did okay. You know, they were, you know, an alternative band. There's not a whole lot of stage presence there, but they, they played well and they sang well. 303 was amazing. They played well. They sang well. Their energy was super high. They were all over the stage. They were interacting with the crowd like crazy. When they when they said the vegetarian line, I swear, it was just like 300 people screaming, I'm a vegetarian <laughs> and I ain't scared of him. Like, it was amazing. And then the fuel guy got out there and it was just like, it was like somebody had flipped a switch. He like just mm-hmm. stood there with his guitar and he was so mundane. And you don't have to be like crazy and chaotic, right? I've seen people with nothing more than a guitar and they move an audience because of their presence and their performance and their interactions and their emotions and all of that. I mean, that's something Taylor's famous for. Right, but that's how she was. This particular night, he, he just he was not on. You guys, I don't know. Quentin <laughs> loves that band, and he was like, I mean, we can just go and beat the traffic if you want. Like, and <laughs> <But> we <laughs> ended just up we stayed he for like one song, and then we left. And I kind of felt bad, but I was like, no, I don't feel too bad because like yeah. three hundred three left me on like some kind of high. I was real excited mm-hmm. and amped up and happy, and then that guy came out and he was like just very slowly dissipating. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't like this feeling.
0: Let's just go home. <laughs> well, good thing is, is we know that that's not going to happen at the Taylor Swift concert. Oh, God, so. no. No, not even a little bit. Oh, I'm when, so excited, you guys. When are you seeing it? When is it there?
1: So I'm going March 24th and 25th, oh. I think.
0: So you're going before yeah. me. Okay. A whole month before me because ours I'm is April I'm just so excited 28th. that you're going. Like, I know. Me too.
1: And your nine-year-old just became my
0: favorite of all of your children. Don't tell the other. I know. He's... Well, <laughs> He, he, so I was like, I love her, of course, and want to see her, but I was like, I don't have the time to sit online all day with like thousands of other people hoping I get tickets.
1: Same. Also, I was really intimidated by that whole concept. Like, I was so intimidated.
0: Well, so I didn't. (laughs) And then, like, two days later, Raylan comes home from school, and he's like, Mom, I just heard this contest on the radio. They're giving away Taylor Swift tickets, and you have to enter and do this and that. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I go, like, on the radio's website, and I couldn't find it. And I went on their Facebook page, and that's where it was. All you had to do was, like – comment with the name of you know your favorite Taylor Swift album and then they were gonna like randomly choose winners of tickets and so I did and I was like whatever and then I won
1: and I was like what (laughs) so now we have to know you have to tell us what was your favorite album
0: um I think I put red nice very nice choice. So, but yeah, so it's fun. So now, you know, he was all excited. I was like, buddy, remember when you told me to enter that contest to win tickets? Guess what? Mommy won. <laughs> he was so excited. So it's
1: like you come home and you tell
0: your husband, like, you'll never be the favorite parent. Just give up now. <laughs> right. Sorry, buddy. I, I can't help it, honey. I just got his Taylor ticket. So great. <laughs> right? Uh, Actually, we're we're all only Raylan and I are going to the concert, but we're all um, going to Atlanta for the weekend because it's in Atlanta. Um, That's and that's three and a half hours from us, so we're gonna all go for the weekend. Raylan and I will go to the concert. Tim and my other son will just hang out and do something, and then the next day we're gonna go check out the aquarium and then come home. So it'll be exciting. Me too. too Speaking the things I'm excited
1: about. We have to talk about this fan art. You guys oh. have no idea how long I have been sitting on this fan art. Okay, so this first one is from our girl Shan Lightyear, who is probably one of the most famous TLC fan artists, right? I think probably. Mm-hmm. So I have had this for drumroll, please, 211 weeks. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah. Oh
1: my <laughs> you know it's the thing is I find the fan art that I, we just talked about how I like, I go down holes. I'm like, I love this. I have to look at all the fan art. My Pinterest is a mess. (laughs) If you guys want to see it. Um, and uh, so I do that for this, for this series too. And so I have all this fan art and I'm like, Oh, this would be great for that chapter. And then I just, I save it. And when that chapter comes along, you know, three and a half
0: years later, (laughs) right? Makes sense. Um,
1: so yeah, this is Thorne looking very casual in his, plum suit um you guys should know that plum is my favorite color like maroon is my favorite color kind of like uh like red wine maroon plum burgundy that whole shade is my vibe so I'm like obsessed with this suit I wish it were a little darker but obviously it's perfect for like what's in the book um and he just looks so good doesn't he look adorable
0: he does he looks so, so dapper and handsome in that suit and he just looks so cute too i love it yeah he's so gorgeous and like it's got the subtle notes of like the the branches and the trees on either side and he's leaning it back against the door so casually with his hands in his
2: You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com.
0: Pockets is perfect. It's very thorn.
1: It's wonderful. I agree. So that's by Shan Lightyear. Our next one is, um, and slash clubs. You guys, I haven't been sitting on this one as long. It's by uh, mini doodles 97, but when I found it, I couldn't not use it. So in one of the chapters we're going to discuss today, we find out that Winter is in a suspended animation tank. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't resist the opportunity to share a fan art that depicts her in a suspended animation tank. Now, clothing-wise, I'm not sure how accurate it is. I'm sure I'm going – I get messages all the time on fan art where it's like one tiny little thing, and they're like, that's not accurate. But So I'm going to preface this. I understand that the clothing might not be on par – but otherwise, I'm obsessed.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love that we're, like, looking through the trees at it. Do you notice that? Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And I love that, like, her hair is, like, sticking up like it's floating in the tank because it would yeah. be. And it looks really cool like that.
1: And there's all these tubes and these, like, wrist bracelets and there's sticks and flowers around the – uh animation tank and her eyes are mm-hmm. closed and she
0: looks peaceful and she does. it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. She looks like she's sleeping like Snow White does.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> hmm. You can follow both those I know, I love it. artists online. You can find the links to them in our show notes. Last time we had chapters um was like a month ago. I don't know. I think we recorded before Thanksgiving, so it was a really long time ago. But Chapter 61 is The Kids Are All Right by Fall Out Boy. Chapter 62 is Tolerate It by Taylor Swift. And Chapter 63 is White Winter Hymnal by Pentatonix.
0: Hmm. I
1: like those. And we're ready. All right. Chapter 64. So last recording we left off, the gang was, like, hiding and planning to go – Last week, we left off with Cinder, Crest, Thorne, Jason, and Iko hiding at one of the mansions in Artemisia, kind of laying low. Winter got poisoned with letimosis by Lavana, and Scarlet caught the disease, but there was only one suspended animation tank. We are finally with Wolf. We yes. have not seen him since Chapter 52. We haven't seen him since he was captured and taken to Luna. Let's discuss what that means. In the time between when we last saw Wolf and now, Cinder spent 24 hours in a holding cell, <laughs> had a three-hour trial with Levana, met her stepmother and stepsister again,
0: uh-huh.
1: recorded a video of Levana, almost died and attacked the queen, jumped out of a window, almost drowned in a lake, <laughs> fell asleep, passed out twice, and is now... <laughs> recovering with cinder crest thorn jason and aiko also in that time scarlet and winter managed to not only recruit a bunch of soldiers but put them to work and have mm-hmm. them training and running their sector with them winter got poisoned by Lavana and even had enough time to spread the disease around an entire sector and we're <laughs> still
0: not this is this is all happening and now we have wolf again I, that's crazy It is crazy that it takes so long to get back to him. It felt like forever. You know,
1: what it is, is, and I'm writing a book right now, so I can attest to this, time. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: have to allow time for things to happen. You want to write that right away. But then we find out in these chapters how long he's been unconscious. So it's like, all right, I guess it yep. does take time for all of this to happen. But gosh, it feels like a long time. It feels even longer, though, because we <laughs> we only do an episode every other week. So it's actually been like eight months for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But in the book, it's only been like two or three days. Right. So, yeah, that's crazy. So he's, he's dreaming of his brother, Ran. And Ran is attacking Scarlet, and then we see him meeting his pack, and then we see his dying mother, and then the dream ends with Wolf attacking Scarlet, and he Mm -hmm. wakes up in a lab. Right. I love this dream sequence. Dreams are so – I think dreams in TV shows and movies are often, like, super real, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it'll cut out, and it'll be like, oh, my gosh, that wasn't real? That's crazy. When in reality, dreams are very chaotic and and Discontorted and they kind of make sense without actually making sense. And so this is kind of perfect because it's like Ran attacking Scarlet, and then there's his pack, and then there's his mom, and then now he's awake, and it feels like it's an actual disruption of a dream.
0: Yeah, it definitely was very um, sporadic and different things happening. Plus, he's not really remembering who Scarlet is in the dream. He's just kind of like, there's a girl with red hair and she's very familiar, but I'm not sure what's happening. And yeah, it was very chaotic and stuff. So it definitely had that feeling of like a real dream would be or a nightmare in this case, really. Do you have any reoccurring nightmares? I have one. Um, I do sometimes. It's been a long time, I would say, but I definitely have had reoccurring ones before.
1: I have a reoccurring, like, not necessarily nightmare, but like a segment. At least like once or twice a week, I'll have a dream where something bad is happening. Maybe I'm running away. Maybe I'm getting attacked. Maybe I'm falling off a cliff. Just something is happening.
0: Hmm.
1: And I open my mouth to scream and nothing comes out. And I have had that dream like my whole life. And I don't know where it comes from, but it's like one of the most terrifying dreams that every time I wake up, I'm like, I have to speak. Does my voice work?
0: (laughs) I used to have ones similar to that, but like where somebody would be chasing me, but I wouldn't be able to move. Like I would want to run away, but I would feel like I was stuck and I couldn't move. It's like there's some
1: kind of, I don't know, disruption to our fight or flight syndrome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of weird.
1: Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the wolf, the dream ends. Wolf wakes up and um, he's in the lab. There's doctors. There's nurses. They can't quite restrain him. And then the Thauma restrains him. She causes him pain and it finally like settles him in the Mm -hmm. very strangest way. And he hates all these needles and there's all these tubes. And it hits him that it finally happened. His biggest fear being turned into a real monster that he can't come back from has happened. And the yes. thama is there and his, and and he has been changed and altered so much
0: that he can barely remember himself. Yeah. And they were saying like the, um, the assistant who's in the lab was saying that like when he, when he wakes up, you know, he's kind of like thrashing everywhere and he's very active it says, his nerves hummed with unspent energy. Mm-hmm. And then she says that the the text says that Wolf's brain patterns are more active than others who have, they've kind of done this process to. And so he's he's a lot more violent than the other soldiers have been when they've had this done to them.
1: I think part of that has to do with preparation. Um, mm-hmm. The other soldiers, obviously, not necessarily that they wanted to be, I don't, what's the right word, mutated, right. Um, but at least that they knew what was happening going into it. Whereas Wolf was just captured, right? And he had he was in a very distraught place. He had just lost his mother, and he was captured. And he was feeling very defeated. And then you know, at some point after that, he was put under and, and altered. So there's also they talk about how he didn't have as much time to adapt to the process Mm -hmm. but even with that being said he's going to be as capable as any other soldier it'll just be hard to teach him obedience right and that's like the that brings me back to the whole dog thing the wolf thing the concept that they that he's a trainable animal right
0: and she even calls him that too because she says the thaumaturge says that he's going to be a lone wolf because he's not going to be, they're not putting him back with his like pack with his group. He's going to be with Lavana. And so, but yeah, she calls him a lone wolf. And he talks about too, he, he thinks about like how he feels the, the sharp points of his canine teeth and how it feels wrong and really big and sharp. So there's definitely that like, I am, you know, feel like an animal, very physically, but also in the way he's being treated, for sure. And we see that, we see that a little bit later, also. And we see like a new, maybe not new, maybe new is not the right word. We see
1: a side of wolf that we don't see very much, which is a a vulnerability. Yeah. We don't see very much a a vulnerability that he usually only shows. Not just like around Scarlet, but in reference to Scarlet, like when he's talking about Scarlet or thinking about Scarlet. This is a very personal moment of, of
2: reverence for him. Wolf ran a tongue along the sharp point of his canine tooth. It had taken him months to get used to the implants, and now they felt all wrong. Too big, too sharp. There was a dull ache through his entire jaw.
0: You guys, poor Wolf. No, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. It makes me sad. It does make me sad. So, the Thama yeah. introduces herself, reminds Wolf
1: of his purpose and his training, and manipulates him so that he has the desire to, to kill Scarlet and serve his queen. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the chapter ends. It's such yeah. we finally get back with Wolf, and it's just like
0: cringy. I know. Well, and then she, the Thaumaturge says too, how Wolf is, LaVonna wants to make an example out of him that, you know, she says, once the queen has claimed you, you are forever hers. And so that's why like, he's going to be in the queen's personal entourage during the coronation. So she can make an example out of him. What I thought the moment, there was a moment that I really, that stuck out to me towards the end of the chapter when that really showed, like what they had done to him, because it says that he was salivating because he could smell the Thaumaturge's blood under her skin, Ugh. and it was, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, they've really turned him into a, a monster. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of makes me think of like how in X Men Wolverine gets turned into Wolverine by force not mm-hmm. because of his choice. It's kind of a, it's similar to that.
1: Well, Olivia on Patreon compared it to when the Capitol like hijacked Pita's brain and mocking Jay. Mhm. Said it breaks her heart every time. Yeah. Mine too, girl, mine too. And Sierra's <laughs> Patreon commentary from Sierra. I'm going to try and do this in her voice. How dare Lavanna and the Thaumaturges try to erase Scarlet out of Wolf's head and tell him she hates him? I was so mad when I read that part. And as Wolf goes on with, with the thought of hating Scarlet, I kept repeating, no, baby, you're wrong. She loves you. <laughs> I am a bit confused at how they were able to brainwash him while he was unconscious.
0: Oh, I love me that Me too, baby fear. girl.
1: Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. It's so horrible it's this this terrible thing it's um it's it's yeah. the culmination of all of his fears, you know he never thought he'd be able to have any kind of you know, you know love or affection in his life. His mom basically said the same thing, and then he got to have it and then it was ripped away, and then
0: what took its place was the salivation for blood, right, yeah, and that's it's like true. the opposite, mhm. And it's nasty. And it's like, because he kept, he his thoughts keep going back to the girl with red hair. Like, she's still there, you know, which I thought was really great. I was like, oh, Scarlett is still in there. She's still in his brain. Like, there's hope yet, even though she's mostly washed away. And what they've done to right. him is horrible. But there's this little part that's still there. So mm. that's, that gives me hope. But it's still really sad.
1: So let's talk about your song choice for this one.
0: Okay, I picked Monster by Imagine Dragons because it talks about, um, it says, ever since I could remember, everything inside of me just wanted to fit in, and then it ends up talking about, like, becoming... A monster but feeling like a monster and said I'm taking a stand to escape what's inside of me I've turned into a monster and it keeps getting stronger so this is like I felt like it's what Wolf's going through in this chapter because you know he's he's got this little piece like I said there's this part that's like remembering Scarlet. so there's still this little piece but he feels like he's turning into a monster right now
1: yeah yeah that's true I also picked an Imagine Dragons song,
0: (laughs) which I love. I think that's so fun.
1: (laughs) I picked Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. It's a little different, but some of the phrases that really stuck out to me, I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rest. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Maybe not exactly the same sequence that Wolf is waking up to, but he is breathing in the chemicals. He is sweaty. He is altered and changed in a way he never thought possible. The song also features a lot of contemplation about apocalypse and revolution and changing who you are to fit into this mold of revolution. And so it's not perfect sometimes I come up with songs and I'm like oh this just gets me but it's really just that first line that waking up to ash and dust I wipe my brow and I sweat my rest I'm breathing in the chemicals that Mm -hmm. kind of resonated with me in the way that he woke up
0: I agree that's really good too I love that we both picked imagine dragons
1: and we have the same quote for this one yes I love it. When people want, if if anyone is like, why are you guys
0: besties? Here you go. (laughs) This is why. (laughs) We just it. So I'll let you read
1: it, and then we'll both talk about it.
0: Okay. His body convulsed with horror. It was done. After years of fighting to avoid becoming one of the queen's monsters, it had happened.
1: Oh, wolf! my poor baby.
0: He fought so hard to not become like all of the rest of them and he did really well avoiding it and now it's done it's done and out of his control
1: yeah it's it's a it's brilliant writing on marissa's part kudos to her for taking that deep dive but yeah it's still heartbreaking for us as the reader and we kind of have to see where it goes but I remember the first time reading this being like well I guess not everybody can have a happy ending like that would be kind of unrealistic but I wish she wouldn't have done it to Scarlet and Wolf but then again we did could do it to like that I would have been okay with so (laughs) yeah we'll just have to wait and see what happens so chapter 65 we're in Cinder's perspective the very beginning there's not a lot that happens Cinder is repairing Iiko because she was damaged and she's just, they're catching up. Cinder tells Ico that she saw Kai and he's still gorgeous, but now he's married. <laughs> and she tells her about Audrey and Pearl and Garen's invention. And we find out that Jason is the reason that LaVonna knows about Garen's invention. And I love that scene. I love when, when Cinder and Ico are like, I don't even know how she found out about it. And Jason is like, Oh, I told her. Right? He just said about trading that piece of information for his
0: life. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have to make choices, tough choices, right? Like, mm-hmm. do I want to die for this? Is this information that I have worth dying for? So it was a choice that he had to make. Do you think he should get punched again? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think it would be funny. <laughs> you think after that, it's like maybe Thorne didn't punch you enough. Give him, give him another one. Yeah, I kind of felt like he deserved one in that moment. I think it would have been appropriate.
1: <laughs> Especially because, like, we know the reason he was so excited to learn that information was because it could
0: save winter. Right. Who him love? Oh. <laughs> I love it. I, I do what I – something that I loved about this section, though, with Cinder – Preparing Aiko was how they had like a flashback moment to when Cinder first found Aiko as a jumble of parts in a box and how she was her, it says how she was Cinder's first project. And then it says she had no idea Aiko would also become one of her dearest friends. I just loved that little like sweet moment in this like beginning.
1: Section. Yeah. And it's hard because I think that's how sometimes how friendship works. I, I can tell you right now that's exactly how my marriage worked. Mm-hmm. There's if I if you had told me that the ridiculously rude and arrogant boy I worked with at Hardee's would be my husband, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> I would have asked why my standards had lowered. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's when you get, some people you meet them and you don't realize how much your life is going to change just by mm-hmm. knowing that they exist. And yeah, for me, you know, meeting Quentin, we, we kind of butted heads in the beginning, but we were just always around each other. It's a small town. We have the same group of friends. We work together. Um, and it kind of became this like banter in a good way instead of a bad way, but You know, it was like five years before we ever started dating, but. Right. I don't know. It's weird. It's like sometimes people come into your life and you have no idea why they were put in your path. But you also reach a point where it's like, how did I ever live without this person in my Mm
0: -hmm. life? I was talking
1: to my mother in law about this yesterday because we are approaching our 10 year wedding anniversary. Yeah. and she was like, "Oh, it feels like you guys just got married." And Quentin said something that I felt was just so real to me. He said, "I can barely remember what it felt like to not be married. It feels like I've always been with her. I don't even remember what life was like without her in it." Aww. And I rem- I was like, I was like, "Actually, that is kind of true." <laughs> Like
0: that's super. Not that like my
1: world revolves around him or or right. vice versa or anything like that, but it's just when you spend that amount of time with a person for that mm-hmm. many years, it's kind of hard to remember what it was like. You know, if you're an yeah. adult right now, try to remember what it was like twelve years ago in your life.
0: Mm. Try to
1: remember like what it was like waking up every day and what kind of toothpaste you used and what you bought when you went to the grocery store and. Like, you just have no idea how wrapped up your life can be in another person. Like, even just stopping at the grocery store on my way home from work, I'm not just thinking about myself. It's like, oh, Quentin also ran out of eggs or something silly like that, you know? But, like, you have no idea how wrapped up your life can be in other people. I would say with kids, it's probably like that, too.
0: It's totally like that. My world pretty much revolves around their schedule. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's every day I have to look at my calendar and go... Okay, so we have Giovanni has wrestling practice today, Raylan has gymnastics, then we have like every day, like the calendar, our world revolves around that. But I, I totally get what you're saying too, because like my best friend and I have been best friends since we were in sixth grade. Oh, I love okay. that so much. We were 11, 11 like when ages. we met. I know and like I can't it's the same thing like we've been friends now for more years than we haven't been (laughs) (laughs) because we were only you know we were 11 when we met and so and now I'm 42 we both are and so like I can't it's the same thing like I cannot even I don't even remember what it was like without her and I can never envision it like she's just been a part of my life for so long and she means so much to me you know and so it's just yeah I get it. It's
1: inevitable. It is, it and it's is. a constant in the best possible way. Like movies and Very TV much. shows make it look like, like being married for a long time or having long friendships is, is boring or complacent. But there's something so not. incredibly magical about the contentedness it brings
0: you. It really, there really is. I yeah. love it. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's kind of how Cinder and Igo work. I mean, they worked together every day at the at their little shop and um aside from peony Iko was the only person thing whatever you want to refer to her as the only thing that cared about Cinder in the world. So of course she became incredibly attached to her and then on top of that they have such great
0: chemistry. Right. They're so perfect together. I love it.
1: Yeah. And you know what's funny is we as the reader, like it's the same with Thorne and, and Cinder. Like the two of them have only been around each other for like a month or two, but they have such great like back and forth that it's like, oh, <laughs> these two are basically like brother and sister. I love it. Yes.
0: I do love that as well.
1: Cinder and Eiko have this this great moment with their friendship and it's interrupted the news. <laughs> yeah. Lavana has told the public that they found Cinder's body and that it's it's Thorn is like
0: it's crap anyone who believes this is, deserves to be revolutionized yes and I what I love is that it's like a mannequin with a painted silver hand I love it like you didn't even try that hard no it's hilarious
1: and I love I'm gonna insert Rebecca's performance because it's just perfection but I love Thorn like imitating Levada I think it's so funny Lavana barricaded the revolutionists um, in their own sectors. She's completely blocked them off. There's 87 sectors, all of which were inspired by Cinder, and they were taking weapons. They're ready to fight. And um, this is our quote for the day because it's one of the – I knew it was going to be my quote before we even read it, and I kind of figured <laughs> it was going to be yours because it's one of the best quotes in the entire series. But basically what Thorne says is that if Cinder survives, she's a revolutionary – and if she dies, she's a martyr. But either way, this revolution is out of her hands. Yeah, It doesn't belong to just her anymore. And it's such a profound moment. And I love that of all the
0: characters, Marissa gave it to Thorne. It just fits him the best. It does. It's just so appropriate for him. It is. I agree. Like, he has that fantastic quote, right? But then, like, after seeing all the videos and stuff, <laughs> You know, and Cinder's, like, looking over everything and trying to take it all in. And then he says to Cinder, don't faint. You look stressed out.
1: (laughs) Pretty sure the princess term is fainted. Love it. Yeah. So Cress is already working on a plan to control the barricades. Um, They have to break into the palace and the security system. Thorn is worried about sending (laughs) Cress back into the palace. I
0: love that because him care. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a like quick little moment, but it was there, and I loved it. I was like, yes, pull it in, give me more of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, th- their relationship will always be my favorite in this series. I, cannot... I, I, I
1: just, there's just something so sweet about how slow it is.
0: Mhm. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's great. Cinder says, I'd rather Cress remove the barricades remotely. And Thorne says, that makes two of us.
0: And that's it. That's it. That's that's all we need. It's enough
1: because he's admitting like he also doesn't want her to be back there.
0: Yep. That's all we need.
1: (laughs) So we find out Lavana is horrifying in this video i think i've talked about this before but i'd love to get your thoughts here's my thing all this video shows is that lavana no longer is what lavana looks like without her her glamour and -hmm. apparently it's jackpot it's all they need it's the fuel that will that will really kick the revolution into high gear that will prove lavana unworthy and it's like i want to know how powerful this video really is when all it shows is like hashtag no filter right, so like to me, I'm just wondering i i honestly looking back at this as a thirty three year old adult who's seen actual war,
0: I don't know if this is enough to like incite know. violence <laughs> right because i think I think I think for them, though, it's more of not just not just being about what she looks like as much Mm -hmm. as it is how she's been lying to them for so long. Right. I I think it's more of a matter of trust and, um, you know, that they can't trust her. It it would be that they can't trust her because she's been lying to them for so long because because then it adds on to. okay, so she's been lying about her looks. And, you know, now, you know, we also know she's been lying about Cinder, you know, so what else has she been lying about? So I think it's it's kind of more about that, not just she's ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before you lie about lying about lying. Okay, hold right, on.
2: Let me just stop you right there. Okay, first, you lied, right? Then you lied about lying. Okay, then you lied about lying about lying. Okay, so before you lie about
0: lying, about lying, about lying, about lying, stop lying. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, but after that, Thorne has the whole thing planned out, um, which I love. This goes back to him being a criminal mastermind, right? Um, so while Cress and I are clearing the passages into the city, so first thing, Thorne is, like, not happy about sending Cress back into the city. He's not. Nope. And what does he do when he has it all planned out? He goes with her. Yep. And that's not a coincidence. Could have been Jason. Could have been Cinder. Could have been Aiko who can't be controlled. Could have been Cinder who's, um, you know, better at, who has her own gift. Could have been Jason who's trained with a gun. No, Mm -hmm. it's Thorne going with her. Because, because he has to go with her. He can't not go with her. (laughs) Right? Oh, my heart. It's so perfect. I love it's it. It's so tiny and subtle, but I just love it. I love it. huh You, Aiko and Jason are going to be stationed in these in these three sectors or at least in the tunnels underneath them welcoming all those rebels you've stirred up and organized with the last minute battle plan we can. Battle plan we can. And approximately 9 hours with any luck this city is going to be under siege by a whole lot of angry lunars. They're going to need somebody to lead them, and Aiko goes, "That's you."
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> love it. Love me it, too. but good. it does mean that they're splitting up.
0: Yeah, and I don't like when they split up. It makes me nervous <laughs> because it's it's the
1: problem with splitting up is that you have to find a way back to each other. And in this scenario, it's like okay, but we could die, so, mm-hmm.
0: so you know, it's that or it's just ages. the last
1: time I see you kind of thing. Yeah. So then we find out they're looking at all the sectors on this hologram, and it says, "Huh." What's up with that sector? It looks weird. Oh, look at that. It's quarantine. Remember, you can get letamosis even if you're a lunar. Did we bring some here? Let's look up this surveillance video. Mm. That's weird. That person kind of looks like Scarlett. Holy crap, that's winter. Yep. (laughs) It's a very, like, it's like every sentence is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There she is, right? right, The suspension tank. And you just mm-hmm. know that Jason stopped breathing for almost an entire
0: second. Of course he did. Probably longer than that. Because right? sudden, Because they couldn't tell at first. They just see these soldiers, the lunar soldiers, um, carrying out the suspension tank. And they see somebody in it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's winter. It's winter in this tank. I yeah. love
1: it. Sierra from Patreon said, I love the chapters where Cinder and crew are at the house in Artemisia. I especially love Thorn and Cress. Thorn initially not wanting Cress to be on site at the palace and agreeing it's risky equals and she did the like heart emoji where you have hearts for eyes and your mouth is really big.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: I also just love the leadership and teamwork of the whole crew with Thorn and even Jason stepping up. It made me so happy, especially because Cinder was still out of it and she needed help. Yeah. Very, very, very true, Sierra. It's um, such a teamwork moment. Teamwork makes the dream work moment.
0: It is. Can we just talk about, too, how hilarious it is hilarious yep that's an awesome word I'm rather
1: <laughs> off on you Leah
0: <laughs> <laughs> how hilarious it is too that in this moment right okay before we see winter they notice Scarlet. right they see the lunar soldiers and they're like those look like really big scary men and then they see Scarlet, and it's like not only is she alive and unafraid of the soldiers but she's bossing, bossing them. them around pointing she's them to in charge to I love this. it We did skip
1: over that. We did skip over that. And I'm sorry, because you're right. I love it. She's in charge and she's bossing them around. And Mm -hmm. I love it. And again, it's very subtle. We just see her like hands on her hips and pointing and we see all of them doing what she says. And it's great. I love it. So fun. I love it. So what was your chapter title for this one?
0: Okay. I've really struggled with this one because I was like, I didn't. Okay. So it's like, they keep mentioning how it's like, only nine hours until the coronation and so I kept on thinking like okay is there something a song or something about like counting down towards something but then I was like
1: well (laughs) I know but I didn't
0: feel like it was totally I don't know is Is that appropriate
1: because it's just like not that that kind of vibe right
0: so yeah and then I was like well there's lots of different Things that happen, lots of different like moments that kind of hit. And so I ended up my chapter title, I ended up picking The Moment I Knew by Taylor Swift, but purely just for the song title. (laughs) Love it. Not for all the all the lyrics and stuff, because they don't all match. But it's really because you know, we do have all these little moments of recognition, like with um Jason oh, I gave her that information. And, you know, and then like, oh, remember, lunars can get lute moses. And oh, look, it's Scarlet on the feed. And oh, look, Lavana, you know, is saying that you're dead. And oh, there's winter. So it's like all of these little moments where things pop up. So I felt like that that title, the moment I knew was appropriate.
1: Love it. That's also like a brilliant song. And the rendition of it that's on her new release of Red is Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. It's just so good. So I chose Believer by Imagine Dragons because Mm -hmm. I feel like it fit with Thorne's line about being a martyr. Like that if you're alive, you're a revolutionary. If you're dead, you're a martyr. And I love the concept the idea that that the revolution is out of her hands, but that it was her words and her idea that sparked the flame. Right. So some of the words that work really well I'm a, First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. I was broken from a young age, taking my sulking to the masses, writing poems for the few that look at me, took me, shook me, singing from heartache from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain. And that just kind of reminded me a lot of like Cinder and her speeches and how she was able to move these people with her actions and her words. Right. And like I said, it's 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 mm-hmm. kinda how I feel about this podcast, actually. I feel like I feel like I started this podcast, but it belongs to my Patreon people now, which is why I give them so much power. And I'm like, what do you guys think of this? And what do you guys think of that? And what do you think of this? And yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that we both picked the same quote again. I know. This is like <laughs>
1: it makes me so happy that we're just like constantly on the same wavelength. Same. <laughs> the quote is from page five fifty-four. Of course, we don't know if the people believe you're really dead, but I'm not sure it matters at this point. If you're alive, then you're one hell of a revolutionary. If you're dead, then you're one hell of a martyr.
0: Hmm. It's just so perfect. Love it. So true. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guest and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your your podcast and now back to the show
1: so let's talk about um the next chapter chapter 66 we get wolf again yay oh. and this time we get an even better description of his uh transformation
2: there were no mirrors in the lab not even in the tiled room with the sterilizing shower wolf had been taken to in order to wash the sticky gel out of his hair He didn't need a mirror, though, to know what they'd done. He could see the difference in his bone structure when he looked at his hands and feet. He could feel the difference in his protruding mouth, his enlarged teeth, his malformed jaw. They altered his facial bone structure, making way for the row of implanted canine teeth. There was a new curvature to his shoulders and an awkward flex of his feet, which looked more like paws now, made for running and bounding at great speeds. His hands were enormous, now fixed with reinforced, claw-shaped fingernails. He could even smell it inside himself, new chemicals and hormones pumping through his veins. Testosterone. Adrenaline. Pheromones. He wondered when the new fur would start sprouting over his skin, completing the transformation. He was miserable. He was everything he had never wanted to be.
0: Oh, yeah, they completely are. There's like no humanity left in him. He's just fully becoming an animal. And I, what really gets me in that description too is also how he says, like, he can smell the chemicals inside of him, you know? So it's like, oh, and everything just feels fake and raw and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, you know, made by a lab. Artificial, that's it. Artificial, yeah. <laughs> feels yeah, artificial, pretty, pretty. you know, and doesn't feel real.
1: I also like that we get um, these kind of, like, glimpses into his head and how he's thinking in between what's going on. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on top, he's also taking a shower and trying to clean all the gel out of his hair, and then he's starving, and he gets shoved into this uniform that barely fits him and doesn't, doesn't really quite feel good against his skin, and he um, the lab techs hide from him. They bring him food, and it's, like, basically raw lamb. Um, mm-hmm. And it says that they're terrifying when, he, when they eat. Right. I was like, why? And even what does it he, look like when they eat? I
0: don't know. <laughs> and even he thinks – to himself like he feels starving right Mm -hmm. and he's thinking about the raw the meat and everything but then it says like he feels disgusted with himself like he says he tried to temper his disgust because he so he's like he goes through so many emotions because he's mad he's really devastated but he's got this like self-loathing and disgust at the same time so he's gone through a lot in this one
1: and and through all of that, there's the memory of tomatoes and Scarlet pushing through him. Yes, which I love
0: that that's still there again, and the tomato. I
1: love you that know. it always comes back to those damn tomatoes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yes. we're establishing what happens: that if he's a good boy, he gets food; if he's a bad boy, he gets pain. But he hasn't had to feel pain like this since he became an alpha. He made sure that he was above this kind of treatment. And now he's kind of back at square one. He's been altered. He's been changed. He's no longer a young lunar boy. And he's no longer in control of his own life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of ends with a really sour,
0: bitter taste. It ends eat like a good dog. Yeah. Which is like. Come on. But again, it shows you like how much of an animal they're really trying to turn him into and treat him like that too. And she calls him or she, the thaumaturge says, you know, his little animal brain, you know, and then, like you said, treats him like a dog, like she's training him. You know what? Some dogs are
1: ridiculously smart. All right. I mean, okay. One of my dogs ate a rock this morning. But
0: the other one is really smart. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) There's Uh, always some, you know. (laughs) This this is Scamp. Two weeks
1: ago, Scamp got a toy and it had a squeak, one of those giant squeakers in it that's like the size of my forearm. Mm -hmm. And we were playing and he left it in the garage. He has not been back to the garage. In order to get into our garage, you have to go through the laundry room, which the door is almost always closed to. Yesterday, the door was open so we could bring groceries in. Took him two seconds. Literally, both doors opened. He ran into the garage, grabbed the toy, came right back inside. (laughs) That boy has been planning ahead. Two weeks. he has. Two weeks. He has been just waiting for an opportunity. And as soon Uh as we have this red box that we use to prop the door open when we're bringing groceries in, as soon as he saw that red box, he was ready. And yeah. Bable's ate a rock this morning. <laughs>
0: like, I oh
1: like God, So, I hilarious. mean, some do- I get it. Some dogs aren't smart, but you know what? Some people aren't smart either. That's and some dogs are freaking crazy intelligent. So yeah. it's just not fair.
0: At least we know Wolf is smart.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. Sierra on Patreon said, they also make him relive. Relive his trauma of losing his family, which is an interesting insight as we're not in his head very much. And we don't know anything about his feelings about anything besides Scarlet. It's sad, but also cool to realize Rand's death actually affected him.
0: Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, it is.
1: So let's talk about song choices for this one.
0: Okay. This one was really fun and like super easy for me. This song popped into my head so fast. Um I picked Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. I love it <laughs> cuz it says I'm on the hunt, I'm after you and then mouth is alive with juices like wine and I'm hungry like the wolf, a scent and a sound, I'm lost and I'm found. Cuz like this whole chapter it's just overwhelming for Wolf's senses and he's just so hungry and talks about how he's like drooling and he talks about like the meat and the bones and the cartilage and the marrow and wanting to like dive in and just eat all of that. And it's just sensory overload. She even says his legs are weak with lust, knees Ugh. ready to give out beneath him. So the whole thing was just about him, you know, kind of trying to overcome that hunger and those urges. So I had to pick "Hungry like a wolf by Duran Duran. <laughs>
1: I love it. I think it's perfect for that, too. So I picked Skin of My Teeth by Demi Lovato, which I think is a really great song, personally. It is. First of all, I love her new album. I think it, her voice does really well with, like, the little, you know, rock alternative edge. She It's still pop, if you ask me, but she did put, like, a, a much darker edge to it, and I think it works really well for her voice. Yeah. Obviously, this is a song about drugs. That doesn't... Factor into Wolf, but I'm alive by the skin of my teeth. I survived, but it got harder to breathe. Asking why doesn't make it easier. I just want to be free, but I can't because it's a disease. I'm alive by the skin of my teeth. That is good. I love like what Sierra said. This is heartbreaking. This is a really sad chapter, but we get to see so much insight into Wolf that we're not usually exposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we talked about earlier, we get to see a vulnerability to him. Outside of just his feelings for Scarlet. And yet, even through all of that, there's still tremors and phantoms of Scarlet in his mind.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah let's talk about your quote well his like his vulnerability in this is why I picked the quote that I did because he is so conflicted right he's disgusted with himself and so he he it so the quote that I picked says he was destined to kill and eat and destroy because that's what he's thinking about himself and feeling mm-hmm. you know in these moments and so it does show that vulnerability and just how difficult what he's going through right now really is for him
1: yeah I think that that's a very good like just a summary of this whole chapter basically yeah so I chose an odd memory eclipsed to this new urge something glossy and red and bursting with juice tomatoes they're the best part and they were grown in my own garden Scarlet's just I just I just mm-hmm. love that Scarlet is still there I love that no matter what is happening there's a voice of Scarlet there even if he doesn't remember as much as he should
0: I agree. It's just, it's so nice that even with all that they're putting him through, she means so much to him that he hasn't fully forgotten her and that she is still lingering and still there in his mind.
1: Right. So this week there were, um, there was no Easter eggs. The word hair appeared six times. The word tomato appeared once. Next time we're going to cover chapters 67, 68, and 69. Leah, where can people find you on social media if they would like to do so?
0: They can find YA book chat on Instagram and Facebook and the podcast is everywhere you get a podcast. So
1: nice as is the Prince Kai fan pod. But if you're listening to this, you probably already know that Um, (laughs) you can also go to patreoncom slash Prince Kai fan pod. If you would like to start sharing your thoughts and opinions on these episodes, um, that's a new park I started where I can get everybody's opinion before I start the recording. Um, links for our guests and our featured fan artists are in the show notes for this episode. Rate, review and subscribe. Check out Patreon. Um, and that's it for this week. It felt like a rushed episode, I guess, but we've covered everything. It, I, you know what yeah. it is? It's just, I haven't recorded in so long. I don't actually understand how to do my job anymore. you'll get back into the swing of things oh I know right like it's it's already coming back it's already coming back um yeah and part of it is also that I just I was writing all day yesterday I was writing all day like until about five minutes before we started recording and I know I'm going to be writing like as soon as we're done so
0: I think part of it is just my mind is still like buzzing yeah you just needed to take a break and then but you'll get back into it
1: Yeah, and then at some point, I'll make you read it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. I am up for that. I am ready. I will be a beta reader for you. Whatever you need, you send it my way. I hope that you are dedicated to that answer (laughs) because
1: you will get a copy.
0: (laughs) I have just committed myself whether I like it or not. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I do want to. No, I really do. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. I will totally read it, So.
1: Okay, of well, um, I will. thank you, of course, thank you always for being here. Readers, keep know. reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer, and the audio clips were from Rebecca Soler's performance of Winter, a Macmillan audiobook production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was Leah Stuhler from YA Book Chat Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.